Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's high noon on Wednesday. Time to get together for another Life with Gwen. We're the Cape Cod Times lifestyle show that airs every week on Facebook Live. And I would like to introduce you today to Chef Joseph Elia and what a musical name, Elia. And this is uh, very exciting. He is the first chef to be recognized as Chef of the Year from the newly uh, formed Cape Cod chapter of the American Culinary Federation. And you brought your uh, your medal here. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of metal. You're right. That would get in the way. <laughs> so, But we are excited that you're here because in addition to getting to know you, we would be um, really grateful if you made an appetizer and, and showed us how to make it, which I, I think Absolutely. you're prepared to do. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to, as uh, the chef has told me, the important thing about this appetizer is to make it in a way so that it not only tastes good, but that it's pretty to serve. So why don't we start with that, and then we'll back into getting to know you a little bit better. Awesome. Is that okay? Yeah, We're going to make you work before you That's do anything else. <laughs> so what are you making today? Uh, so today we're going to make a tomato bruschetta. Mm-hmm. Um, for the folks to see, something easy and light that they can make at home um, through the warm summer months. And this is exactly the season. You yep. know, the parties are starting, the decks are opening, time to, to do it. Absolutely. And I think this is pretty quick. We, yeah. we have a half hour, so yeah. we can do this. We and can knock um, this out really fast. One of the things that I know I'm not as good at as, as I should be is the prep work. You mm-hmm. know, I every Every holiday, I think, wow, it would be great to have a sous chef. Mm-hmm. Um, That's very nice to have a sous chef. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that part and also the part where you use a pan and, and put it in a, a container and someone else washes it, um, which is like magic to yep. me when I'm in a commercial kitchen. Those are your best friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. But um, today, this is something you can do at home. And I think we were talking about the fact that using the knife well to get the cuts you want is very important. Correct. Using All the correct right. knife and making sure it's sharp. Okay, so. and um, would you like to start now? And yeah, then totally. we'll Absolutely. talk a little bit. Yep. So, guys, if you can't hear this, please write in and tell us because we're experimenting with raising the mic a little and we'll raise your voice a little, Chef. All right. um, and <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that uh, Chef Elia, Elia <laughs> is, the, uh, is the executive chef at the... Bear in Boots Gastropub in Falmouth. So, uh, and I happened to meet you when you were doing a volunteer gig at yes. No Kid Hungry later last month, was it? Yeah, that was a lot of fun for about 200 people to benefit the kids on the Cape Cod. Okay, so now let me ask you what you just did because people watching can yep. see, but those listening on our podcast, yeah, well, we want to describe on. it. So we took a tomato. So we took a tomato, we're going to slice it, and then we're going to go from there. And we're going to dice the tomato. Uh, we have some fresh mozzarella cheese here that we're going to dice as well. Uh, some basil over here that we're going to take that and ship a nod. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll put it all in a bowl together, mix it together with a little olive oil and balsamic vinegar, some salt and pepper, and then we have some rosemary bread that my pastry chef uh, made last night at our restaurant. And we're gonna Who's your pastry chef? Should we uh, give a shout-out? Matt, Matt Woods is my pastry chef. Okay, Matt. We'll be enjoying your bread today. Probably the best pastry chef on the Cape, so... <laughs> 
All right. So All right. Um, the tomato's sliced like that. We're going to fan it out. And then we're going to stack it. Make slices going the opposite way. And this is just your basic dice cut. And you are keeping your fingers tucked, right? Fingers tucked, yeah. Yeah. I have a finger with a little cut on it that didn't get the memo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we're going to turn the tomato the opposite way and then just go back, just making a cross pattern. And I can hear how sharp the knife is because... Yes, having a sharp knife is key. You're not crushing it. You're you're making a clean cut each Correct. time. So now that's just your basic dice that we've okay. made with the tomato. We'll do these two real quick as well. All right. So we have plenty of snacks here. Are the snacks staying? Wow. Yeah, you guys can keep all the What snacks. a great job this is. <laughs> if you have any questions as Chef is working, please feel free to type them in, and our producer, Patty Bangert, will hold them up, and we'll get to um, to read them to the chef. This is just a six-inch chef knife that I'm using. Okay. Now, I wanted to ask you, if you're at home, mm -hmm. um, what – and, you know, if you're at home, you're not going to have a full set of knives the no. way the chef is. No. So can you tell me the one or two knives that would be most useful in a home kitchen? Absolutely. Um, a chef knife, six-inch chef, would do. Okay. Um, a small paring knife would be key as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then you should have a bread knife. Is that serrated? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then another good one to have would be a fillet knife. In case you want to do a lot of your own butchering. Okay. Um, Proper grip for slicing. Yeah, that's okay. You can read them too. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Look at um, this guy taking out. He's used to running in a kitchen. He's going to yeah. run the show. Um, uh, what is the proper grip for slicing? Honestly, the grip depends on the person. It's whatever feels comfortable in your hand. Okay. Um, for me, it's like I like to hold my knife up high, okay, and the grip right here. This is a custom knife that a customer made for me at the restaurant. Um, so it goes and molds with my fingers and my hand itself. Uh, wow. But this, I mean, you just got to, it's got to be comfortable in your hand. There's flat grips. There's one that have like uh, two humps in them for your fingers to go into. It's all about what you feel comfortable using. Now I was going to ask you, I hear sometimes people talk about balance in a knife, that that it's good for you if, if you can, you know, like balance it easily on your hand. Is, yep. is that true? Yeah, it's all about the weight distribution. The weight being distributed to the knife, um, and you want to be able to balance it on your hand, not have it fall off either way. Okay. Um, when you come to a breaking point, can you show yeah. us that? Yeah, sure. Great. And um, I'm not even going to get into knife sharpening unless you have an easy um, piece of advice on it, because I know that that uh, sharpening the knife can can be um, as complicated as picking it out. Yeah, um, knife sharpening itself, I mean, there's stones that are out there you can sharpen with. There's steels that you can sharpen with. Um, we use a stone at the restaurant that we use for that for sharpening our knives. Um, all my guys sharpen all their knives. Uh, we don't supply the knives for them. They go out, find the knife that works best for them, um, purchase that, and that's what they use at the restaurant. I've heard that. I've heard that chefs come with their knives. Yep. So That's we true. have a question from Ricky Smith. Yep. He's asking, do the black gloves have better grip? No, black gloves are just for show. Ah, okay. So. <laughs> Is it like a cool thing? It matches your uh, yeah, chef we, shirt there? Yeah, I was saying at the restaurant where black gloves are for barbecue use. So. <laughs> ah, 
Okay. So anyway, you know, and I apologize to those of you who are listening to the podcast, but Chef has just uh, um, diced the the mozzarella just as he did the tomato with the slices and then turning slicing one way and then turning and cutting the other way, pretty much the same as you did with tomato. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Now, if you could explain the chiffonade and how you achieve that. Yep. So the chiffonade is a roll cut. So what we're doing now is we're picking the basil. Um, so we just get the leaves only. Um, and then we're going to stack it and then we're going to roll it. And then we'll just chiffonade as a nice fine um, slice on it. I can't tell you how good this basil smells. I wish this was smell-o-vision. I know right. I say that occasionally. It <laughs> smells absolutely fresh great. ingredients or something like this. Um, we source a lot of local ingredients and fresh ingredients um, at the restaurant. Okay, so, so I have the roll cut just like that. Right. How, about, how, about how many do you do in the stack? This right here is seven leaves. Seven leaves. It all depends on how much you like basil. Okay. So well, I love basil. Basil that smells like that. I could yeah. eat a whole... So we got a roll cut, and then we're just going to thinly slice it. And we're just rocking the knife back and forth. Okay. So you're not going, you're not using the whole knife like no. you were in the other cuts. No, I'm just using the middle part of the knife because they keep the tip down first on it. Uh-huh. I'm just rocking it back and forth. Okay. I first started cooking, I couldn't do this at all. So I'd have to practice that. I never remember and to chiffonade. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, just like a green yeah. Can Can you... Uh, Hold a little bit up in your hands yeah. before you put it in the bowl. So, wow, that's perfect. We have a comment, but uh, I was holding off. Here we go. Diane Saratensi, uh, she needs a, a road trip to Baron Boots. Yes, that's I think we all need there. to do that. <laughs> 285 Just, Main Street, Falmouth. <laughs> you'll have a busy night if all the, everybody oh, yeah, who watches so. is I coming into, so. uh, to, they want to meet you. Come tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, Thursday nights we do um, burger night as well. So every Thursday we do a try burger Thursday. That sounds good. Okay. So um, all the ingredients are in the bowl. Okay. The basil, the mozzarella, and the tomato. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that um, took like, you know, less than 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we lightly season it with a little salt and pepper. Okay. And you've brought your own mix of salt and yeah, pepper. Yeah, we do a blend of salt and pepper mix. Mm-hmm. Um, it's four to one salt to pepper. Okay. Uh, can you hold that up and show people the color on it? Uh, you know, maybe hold it that way a little bit yeah that's exactly what we're looking there for so unless it's a state secret yeah no it's not a secret <laughs> it's just salt and pepper <laughs> um and next what we're going to do is we're going to add a little um, extra virgin olive oil to it okay and when you say a little because if you don't cook all the time or professionally yeah you might need a little guideline here yeah, so. so um i probably added into there about one and a half tablespoons okay into it um and then it's all about just how moist and how wet you want your mixture to be. Okay. Um, and then really just a little spritz of uh, balsamic vinegar. About Not too a much. teaspoon? About a, a teaspoon or two. Okay. All right. Um, so then you have your mixture here. And then we're going to take one of these spoons that we brought with us. From your restaurant, because I don't think oh, chefs travel with yeah. their own spoons. <laughs> just with their own knives. And we're just going to mix this mix together. This okay. is really good to mix ahead of time, especially for like a barbecue um, or for a dinner or something like that. Or I make this for my wife sometimes at home, and she takes this to work with her for lunch, and she can store it in the fridge for a couple of days. So, and that that looks like it would be good to eat even if you didn't put it on the bread. If yeah, you were, you know, having a good. <laughs> if you were 
if you were low carbing it, I know a lot of you are out there. Yeah. Um, there's that as well. But this bread looks gorgeous, so you're going to want it yeah, on the so bread. This is our rosemary bread that uh, Matt made last night at the restaurant. Um, every day he makes fresh bread for dinner service. So this is his rosemary loaf that he made last night. And we're just going to kind of coat pieces off of this. Okay. Now, do you, um, stupid question, but you don't use the end, right? Because it's not going to balance for you. Uh, can you bend over a bit so friends can see, so folks can see your face? His face is coming back. He's going to sit down after he cooks. So um, he's tall. He, he won't fit in the frame. But he's going to sit down and talk with us after the food is done. So you'll be able to see his face in a minute. We're just slicing this bread. Okay, now that's thinner than I usually see bruschetta. Yeah. Um, and at home, like, if you want, you can toast this bread. Um, mm -hmm. Just a little olive oil in an oven just to toast it. Okay. Or what temperature and how long? Just a couple minutes, probably between five to eight minutes. Okay. All right. Just get a little crunch on it. Do you do both sides or just one? Just one. Just put okay. it on a baking sheet. Yep. That's all you would need. Or um, some folks I know like to eat it just nice and fresh with the bread soft still. Mm -hmm. So we'll cut those like that and we'll pretend like some of these went in the oven and some of them stayed up. And then okay. all you need to do from there is just take your mixture, put a little bit right on top. Well, it looks good. You're going to have a lot of friends in the newsroom. <laughs> That's good. It's good to have the news on your side. Well, we don't do it that way. <laughs> I must say, as, as a longtime news reporter, I don't think you can buy us with bruschetta. But... <laughs> this is really good, and it's not fake news. It's really good. <laughs> Funny. Is this something you serve at the restaurant? Um... So we do something a little different than this uh, at the restaurant. We do a caprese grilled cheese at the restaurant. Oh, wow. I'm going to have you sit down yeah, to tell absolutely. me about that. Everybody, isn't this gorgeous? Can you guys clap? Can you send me some thumbs up so we can give those to the chef? Oh, thanks, Patty. <laughs> but uh, if you would like to um, to make this at home, it's easy. It looks like the the biggest thing to do, the longest, is getting the bread and doing shopping so it's really fresh. Yeah, and there's plenty of places you can go. Go to a local bakery and find some good loaf breads. Um, and found with me the French bakery right on Main Street. Oh, yes, I know really it well. Good. <laughs> and Boris over there, he's really good at baking. He's got some nice breads. Great. Uh, Beautiful, absolutely. So, um, and it's a French bakery. Yeah, French bakery right called? on Main yeah. Street. Yep. Mm -hmm. A couple doors down from us. So if you go yep. there, then you can come over to us and have dinner afterwards. So, and then go home and and mm -hmm. uh, and make bruschetta yeah. next time you have absolutely. company. Absolutely. So, and it doesn't matter. You can choose any bread you like. Yep. Just uh, any bread. Uh, a baguette works great. Mm -hmm. that. Um, about this size. About this size. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so you were starting to tell me, and hey, everybody, here's his face. I told you, I promised. Um, you were starting to tell me about the uh, grilled cheese you make oh, at the, the, at the restaurant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, we do, it's a brand new menu we started actually uh, yesterday. It was our new menu wow. started for the summer. Is it seasonal? Yeah. Uh, yep, of it's a course seasonal it menu. Is, yep. And what we do is um, we make homemade brioche bread for mm -hmm. it. Um, and then in between the grilled cheese, it's fresh mozzarella a balsamic roasted tomato, and basil aioli. Oh, wow. Um, and then it's served with a side salad. Uh -huh. Or you can always change it up and get french fries if you want instead. But you are actually grilling the, Gr the what's it's between the bread. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Oh, that sounds um, wonderful. Like yeah. a panini press or, or just on the grill? Just right on the grill, right mm -hmm. on our flat top that we have, a little griddle that we have on the grill itself. Yep. So, so oh, yeah, getting we, that beautiful. We, we, There's we nothing it, like grilled cheese. We did it cheese. last week for a special as like a trial run to see how people liked it and the reaction and 
we sold quite a bit of them. So it made its way onto our summer menu this week. So. It's interesting too. I, I always think of grilled cheese as comfort food. So you have comfort food with that that splash of summer because yes. of the, uh, you know, what's in it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we do a lot of comfort food at the restaurant itself. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to take good old classic comfort dishes, you know, and put a little spin on them itself. So I mean, let's talk about some yeah, of those. Go for it. it um, uh, so we do chicken and waffles. Oh, really? Um, which is a big seller for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of people that come in and they've never had chicken and waffles before. And then once they've tried it, they're like, man, this is the best thing I've ever had. So, I know. It, uh, it's really good. Once you try it, because it seems like the waffles have that, that ability to, to sort of soak up the juice and, and everything that's going on there. I'm not, I haven't had the, the one at your restaurant. So yep. anyway, portion. <laughs> let's see. We have a couple of messages. Uh, I think they're for you from oh. Donna McCartney. Oh, I know her. Hi, Joe. Yep. And Cindy Farquhar and Nancy Weber Wilhite say hello. Yep. Hello. So. <laughs> We love it when the guests bring all their friends. You know, you're out there watching them. Um, let me ask you, before we go back to the menu, sometimes mm-hmm. we move around a little bit. Let me ask you a little bit about how you got involved in cooking okay. and, uh, you know, what where you trained and, and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, tell me so, your story. Um, so uh, it's quite the story, <laughs> to say the least. All right. Um, tell me the parts that are public. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that I can do. Um, so I started in the food industry when I was 12. Um, I worked for my family's produce and deli stand, the Red Apple in Buzzards Bay, um, just sweeping the floors and taking the trash out. Um, so you probably look familiar to a lot of people. No, I had a lot more hair then. Right, and less beard. And less beard, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and so I just did moved. that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then I did that, and then uh, I went to high school uh, at Upper Cape Tech for the Colonial Program. Um, and graduated. Excellent program. Yeah, very excellent yeah. program. We and work with them. They still have a restaurant yeah. where the public can they visit, do. right? And outside dining. It's uh, the, probably the bank, best bang for your buck up there for lunch. And the view is gorgeous. Oh, I, I know they've that. really, uh, last time I was in, I noticed that they had re- redecorated a bit and opened it up a lot, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's so, really nice. Yeah. And we're actually getting ready to um, re-renovate the whole dining room again. Oh, wow. This summer for next year, so. And, uh if I'm not mistaken, you can, because it's up high, you can see the bridge from there. You and can see the bridge, yep, and you can see a little bit of the water as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really great place to go, and the kids are learning. Reasonable, oh, and, reasonable. and uh, yeah. they're on their best because they're yep, learning. Absolutely. It's a wonderful place to go for lunch, to bring your friends. Yep. Uh, you just have to make reservations for it. Right. So. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that. So, uh, 7597711. And you're good. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> other times I can't find the cat. I mean, you know, it really depends. Yeah, so I graduated from there in '04 um, from the program, and then uh, myself and my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, we traveled a lot up and down the East Coast between Massachusetts and Virginia and Florida. Big food scene in Virginia, yes. Big time, big mm-hmm. time food scene. And, Where, um, any place in particular down there? Uh, we we lived in Fredericksburg, Virginia, um, which was just south of DC north of Richmond. So a great spot, dead center. People are eating there. Yep. A lot yep. of good foodie spots around there. A lot of good barbecue around there too as well. Um, and then we moved back home, um, got married, had a kid. <laughs> I started working at the Rich Club. Uh, in chef, Sandwich? In Sandwich with Chef Mike. I worked there for a number of years. Um, I had some really good memories there with him and the staff. Um, and then, you know, I thought it was time for me to move on and venture off my own and Went down back to Virginia and worked there for a little while, and then I came back home because my wife wanted to come home, and happy wife is a happy life. <laughs> so we came home, and I worked at Chatham Bars Inn for a little while. Um, 
And then I, I bumped around after Chatham Bar. I was in a couple of restaurants. Um, mm-hmm. Opened Oka Number in Mashby, the original Oka Number. Uh, and then left shortly after that. That was a whiskey pairing, right? Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And then uh, and I wound up at Baron Boots in 2014, so before we opened. <laughs> and an interesting since. menu there, um, a little bit of British influence. Yeah, yeah. So, gastropub, and yep. I think it might have been one of, if not the first, one of the first gastropubs on the Cape. It was. Yep, mm-hmm. We were the first gastropub on the Cape. And, um, uh, and, yeah, we try to... I mean, the food's different. People will ask us all the time, well, what's your cuisine? We don't really have a set cuisine. We do a little bit of everything. And, um, and you have a big beer list. Yeah. We have an 18 craft draft beer line, mm-hmm. um, which we get beers from local breweries right here on the Cape, from Knockabout, Cape Cod Beer, uh, Hogs Island. Knockabout's the, the latest open. Yep, and Mashpee. Yep. yep. Good friends of ours. Now it's down where the plume, the the plume, yep, plume used to be. And stuff like yep. that so mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, – oh, yes, thank you. That's Sorry about that. Um, we both love this place. We can't yeah. remember the name. Uh, Phil Bruce is telling us it's Maison Villat is the name of the bakery. I probably butchered it, but, yes, thank you um, very much. that place a lot. Yeah, thanks. You know, I think that I, I get so in ra- uh, wrapped up in, in the wonderful food they serve there that uh, that um, I forgot the name of the place. Phil Bruce is uh, a, a home chef. He oh, yeah? He nice things at his house, yeah. Oh, that's so, interesting. He pictures all the time. So. Now, does, does he cook for his friends, or is it his profession? Does he go to no, people's for, houses for to friends. cook? friends, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a really interesting guy. So yeah. his son is actually my charcuterie chef at the restaurant. Oh. And he makes all of our homemade charcuterie, so... Well, that sounds wonderful. Oh, yeah. That sounds like one of the trademarks of Baron Boots. It is, absolutely. So yeah. that goes right into, you know, Lily. We try to make everything from scratch there. So. And, um, okay, so we're someone's, someone is a better better director than I am because we're getting <laughs> us back on the, on the question of knives. <laughs> nice. What are good knives for the home cook to buy? I don't, are you looking for a, a Brand or a type? Yes. Yeah, because we talked a little about the type, but uh, um, um, if you're looking for a brand, um, there may be I mean, several because yeah, you said it depends on what you like. It all depends on what you like and what you're looking for in your price range. Right. So you, you probably want to go to one of the Cape's great uh, kitchen shops. Um, or yeah, there's one on um, Main Street, um, LaRue Kitchen, um, and they have a great knife display there. And mm-hmm. You can go there and they open the case out and you can hold the knives and see which ones you like um, that fit best for you. So so I'm curious, if, if you're buying it as, as a, you know, a home knife, um, what kind of, uh, you should put, this is a bit of an investment, right? You yeah. should put some money into yeah. having fewer knives but better knives. Right. Um, I would spend, I mean, if you're serious about what you want to buy and you want to buy a whole set, mm-hmm. you're looking to spend a couple hundred bucks on uh-huh. some knives. Um, that's. I actually thought it would set. be even more. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Well, they get up there. I mean, so you can spend a thousand. Throw, a throw <laughs> out that butcher block that you got, you know, thirty years ago when you got married. Yeah. <laughs> haven't used too much. Yep. And get a couple of good knives that yep. you know you're going to use on a regular basis. Yep. And don't be afraid because you're going to mm-hmm. cut yourself. So. No, no. That's people, why we have you here. People are going to do it. So I mean, it happens. <laughs> and if it's sharp, it's going to be like you hardly notice it happening, and suddenly there's blood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you don't even want to hear the stories he was telling before we came on air about, about getting burned, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but seriously show the stance where you keep these fingers back and yeah, so uh, you keep your fingers tucked like that. And I'll hold up this knife and you just rock the knife to protect your fingers back and forth. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and if you are really 
that worry about cutting yourself. They make um, guards that you can put on your fingers. Oh, they do? Yeah. Um, there's a company called Flint and Flame, and they just came out with these finger guards for your knife. You usually just slide over like a ring on your fingers, and it protects them completely. You just, oh, that sounds you, you good. Put, put the knife right against it. So yeah, because if you get busy. I actually got one for one of the young kids at the restaurant to use mm -hmm. for himself when he's cutting because he makes me nervous when he cuts. So. <laughs> So it's, uh, yeah, you know, you don't even think about it because obviously anybody who cooks cuts, but you know, this way, if you, if you cut evenly, mm -hmm. uniformly, it looks great. And there's another, another factor too, which I know I'm always violating this because I will cook for you and you will get, you know, one hard carrot piece of carrot because I don't cut them all the exact same size and shape. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some of the cuts that, that you guys do in the restaurant. Um, we do julienne cuts, which are like um, a long stick type of cut. Um, we use it for carrots and celery. Mm -hmm. um, the dice is a big one that we do. Yeah. Well. How, how do you do the julienne? I mean, you know, you're dealing with something that's round, yep. and you want to get it so into we, mat, we, you know, basically matchsticks. We, we square sticks. it off uh -huh. first. Um, we square that off, and then we can cut. From there, to matchsticks is what you're looking for from there. Right. Um, yeah. I know that may sound basic until you start trying to do an onion or a carrot that's running mm -hmm. running away from you. You have a message from Stephen Mould, oh, yeah. and he says it's the best pub on the Cape. Way to go, oh, Joe. Thanks, Stephen. So. Appreciate the support. And we do we offer cooking classes, too, at the restaurant as well. And one of them we I do noticed that. is a knife class we do. Mm -hmm. So people... Do you know when the next class is coming up? Or? Uh, I believe it's in the fall because it's summertime. Oh, right, right, yep. You do suspend them for, for the yeah. summer, yeah. <laughs> what, you want to, like, feed summer. a couple of thousand people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I, you know, I... I Many of you, I'm sure all of you know that that uh, uh, Main Street in Falmouth on uh, in the summer, like Main Street in Hyannis, you can tell when the season has truly come because yeah, there's no park. you walk out, there's no parking, but there's also, um, you know, there's barely walking space. Yeah, you know? so, absolutely, yeah. And one thing for if us. If we're lucky, if we're lucky, because it's a resort is area. As we built um, a patio to extend, expand our seating at the is, restaurant. Is it in front? No. So we've actually moved our outdoor seating to the back of the restaurant. Oh, that's good. Um, so the last two years, what we've done is we've done these little garden projects at the restaurant. Um, we've always had an off-site garden at the owner's house. And um, in the last couple of years, my sous chef, Ricky Smith, he's actually done a lot of more gardening on-site. And this past spring, we built a large patio back there. That seats 25 people now. So you can sit out back oh, that's around great. the garden. A lot of the stuff that we grow back there we use at the restaurant too. And there's flowers and you got basil. And Talk about plants. local. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'd like that uh, that basil from 10 feet away. Yeah, so, exactly. Very we local. We use that. And I can and testify then, as to how, yeah. how good that smells. It's oh, just yeah. amazing. And in, in total for the restaurant, we have about um, 102 tomato plants for the restaurant. Oh, that's great. The, the garden at the restaurant, the garden at the owner's house, and then our auxiliary garden at my house. We have 44 plants at my house. So. Wow. Yeah. Now, are you growing different types of tomatoes? Um, yes. Um, for different purposes? Yeah. Because I noticed you used a pretty firm tomato for this. Yeah. These are just your regular five by six red tomatoes mm -hmm. um, that we use for this one. Um, you wouldn't growing, want it too ripe right, because it would be smushy. Then too yeah, squishy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No one likes that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's good for tomato sauce, making tomato sauce. Right. I actually did that the other day. I was so proud of myself. It's good. They were a little, you know, a little bruised. So yeah, I, uh, that's fine. You can do blanched that. them and, uh, and got it into sauce. There you go. But anyway, you were saying. Oh yeah. So, um, the tomatoes we grow, um, we grow the beef steaks, we grow heirlooms, 
Um, we grow the cherry tomatoes as well. Doing the different um, colors as well with the heirlooms? Yep, they all come up different colors. Um, I believe Ricky has a couple of purples that, mm -hmm. are, that are growing up right now as well. Um, okay, so this is a long question. We're going to ask you for the meat. short answer. Steve is asking, how do you cure your meat for, for the charcuterie? It's a good answer. So we do a cold cure on mm -hmm. it, which doubles the process time on it. Um, but there's a lot of different cures out there to use. There's salt cures, there's right. brine cures, stuff like that. Um, and every meat is different. Does that cut down on the salt in the product? Uh, less itself, sodium? Less sodium. Uh, yep. People like that. Yep. So. So. And, and charcuterie, of course, maybe you can define that, you know, just to make sure everybody knows what we're talking about. Yep. So the charcuterie is um, it's uh, artesian meats, pretty much, whether it's an aged meat or a cooked meat. Um, for example, pâtés. It's a big one right now that we're making pâtés. Um, mm -hmm. He just made one. The other day he made a pork pâté, which was... Unbelievable. That sounds Probably great. One around. So, and he's done stuff like duck prosciutto and your salamis and your pepperonis. Um, he did a coba belly as well. Um, so, head cheese is another one as well. Sorry. Okay. You know, we could do a whole other show on that, oh, yeah. and, and we may. And we'll have to bring uh, down for that one. <laughs> yes. We'll have to visit the kitchen. Nick, and in the meantime, all of you can visit the kitchen if you want to. Uh, well, maybe not. They may not be able to take everybody into the kitchen, <laughs> but. We um, do, of course. You do? Yeah, we and do. you have, yeah, during the cooking course. classes, I would imagine, as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, website. You guys have a website? It's uh, barrenboots.com. Barrenboots.com in Falmouth. We want to thank you so much for thank coming much, and um, congratulate you on your award. Thank you very much. And uh, say that we really appreciate this quick lesson on how to make the yeah, parties better. Absolutely. Thank you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.